It's the Sound Kitchen. Mmm, yummy. It's the Sound Kitchen. Ooh, that sounds delicious. Uh, you're listening to the Sound mm, Kitchen. Yummy. And Susan Owens be cooking. Avenue and welcome to the Sound Kitchen, where you never know what you'll be served. I'm Susan Owensby. It's Saturday, the 4th of November, the 308th day of the year in the Gregorian calendar. There are only 57 days left in 2023. 57 days left to do something meticulous like the French watchmaker, Johanna Arvaux, France's historic clock maintainer. I confess I made up the word maintainer because I'm not really sure what her profession is called. Guardian might be better. Or even keeper of the clocks. That has a rather nice ring to it. Or chime. Ha ha ha. Every Tuesday morning, Johanna Arvo hops on her bicycle and winds the rare and antique clocks at France's most prestigious institutions. The Elysee Palace, where President Emmanuel Macron lives, the Musée de Louvre, the Supreme Court, and the Foreign Affairs Ministry, to name but a few. She's a third-generation watchmaker. Her grandfather and father also cared for the antique clocks at our institutions. I think that's a pretty cool job and fairly poetic, and one I certainly never thought of. There have to be loads of jobs out there we've never heard of, but once you do learn about them, you say, well, of course, that is something that has to be done. So here's a challenge. Send me descriptions of out-of-the-ordinary jobs you've heard of, or maybe you yourself have an out-of-the-ordinary job. Let us know. We're in the sound kitchen cooking I don't know what. My name is Bill Hunt, W.M. Hunt. Susan's cooking something special today. Paul Myers is here next to me. Say hello, baby brother. Hello, big sister. And Erwan Roma is with us uh, behind the glass window in front of us in the control room. A bit later in the show, you'll hear his music from Erwan. And there's your responses to the bonus question on the listener's corner with Paul. So don't touch that dial. I am Daniel Buren, and you are listening to The Sound Kitchen. Are you ready? I do hope so. And so do I, because it's... Time for the quiz. On the 7th of October, I asked you a question about the French linguist Jean-Francois Champollion. That week, RFI English journalist Jessica Phelan joined Alison Hurd and Sarah Elzis on their excellent podcast, Spotlight on France, to tell us how Champollion, in 1822, came closer than any other scholar of the day to decoding ancient Egyptian hieroglyphics. He already knew an Egyptian language that was spoken during Rome's occupation of Egypt, and Champollion used that language to work backward, teasing out some of the meanings in hieroglyphics. You were to tell me the name of the language he knew that helped him with his discovery. Baby brother, what's the answer? K. 
Coptic. Coptic was the primary spoken language in Egypt from the 3rd century AD in Roman Egypt. It was supplanted by Arabic following the Muslim conquest of Egypt in 639 AD. There are no native speakers of Coptic today, but it is still the liturgical language of the Coptic Orthodox Church and the Coptic Catholic Church. In addition to the quiz question, there was the bonus question. Who to you is the most beautiful woman in all of history? You'll hear the answers later in the listener's corner, so please stay with us. The winners of this week's quiz are... RFI Listeners Club member Alan Holder from the Isle of Wight in Great Britain. Alan Holder is also the winner of this week's bonus question. He wrote, My choice is someone who had film star looks in her youth and was a beautiful person inside as well because of her warm, loving, and generous nature. Who else but my own mother? Congratulations, Alan. Also on the list of lucky winners this week are Fatimatouj Zara, who's the co-secretary of the Shetu RFI Listeners Club in Nalgaon, Bangladesh, and Ferhat Bezazel, the president of the RFI Butterflies Club Ain Kachera in West Skikta, Algeria. There's RFI Listeners Club member Samhir Mukupadhaye from West Bengal, India, who added this note. Thank you, Susan, for the interesting and intelligent question, which encouraged me to reread some excellent books on ancient Egypt, my favorite historical period and civilization. I thanked Samir, but told him he really meant to thank our colleague Jessica Phelan for doing all the research and putting together her really wonderful reportage. I thank her too. And I'm with you, Samir. Ancient Egypt is fascinating. Last but not least on the winners list this week is RFI English listener Pratish Ranjan Behera from Odisha, India. Congratulations to this week's winners and thanks to each and every one of you who wrote in. Earlier this week, you read an article on our website, Official Swedish Dictionary Completed After 140 Years, about, no surprise here, the publication of the definitive one and only official dictionary of the Swedish language, the Swedish Academy Dictionary. As noted in our article, the Chedouvre was 140 years in the making. There are 39 volumes in total, and to be really exact... 33,111 pages. Now that's a dictionary. It was drawn up by the Swedish Academy, the body that awards the Nobel Prize in Literature. And there's your question. Who founded the Swedish Academy and in which year? Reread our article, Official Swedish Dictionary Completed After 140 Years, and send in the answer to these two questions. Who founded the Swedish Academy? and in which year. You'll find our article on the Sound Kitchen page on our website, rfienglish.com, as well as on the Sound Kitchen and Club's Facebook pages. Baby brother, what's this week's bonus question? It is, which season do you prefer and why? The question was suggested by Rafik bin Kondaka Litton from Naugan, Bangladesh. Again, the bonus question for this week is... 
Which season do you prefer and why? Remember, we're happy to hear your ideas for bonus questions, so please send them in. Paul, what's your favourite season? <laughs> I was thinking Autumn Leaves. Autumn. I thought there was a song which had something like Autumn Leaves Are Falling and They're Like the Colour of Your Hair, but I don't think this song exists it's just me trying to be poetic well write one <laughs> I like i like autumn <laughs> because i like running to catch the leaves as i walk along the common or something like that i used to do that when i was a kid and an adult actually to be quite honest i like catching autumn leaves okay all right me it used to be autumn but now i'm changed by mind it's spring <laughs> spring Because after the seemingly endless winter of short days, gray skies, and rain, a long day, all the trees and flowers in blossom, it's it's just become heaven to me. What about you? You have until the 4th of December to get your answers to the quiz and the bonus question in. Be sure to tune in on the 9th of December to hear if your answer wins a prize. As always, be sure you include your postal address with your postal code. And don't forget to let me know if you are a miss, a miss, a missus, or a mister. I don't want to get it wrong. Send your quiz answers to english.service at rfi.fr. That's english.service at rfi.fr. You can also text your answer to the Sound Kitchen mobile phone. Dial plus 336-3112-9682. That's plus 336-3112-9682. Always include your postal mailing address and if you have one, your RFI Club membership number. Hello, I am Devakamal Hazarika from India. You are listening to The Sound Kitchen and Susan Owensby is cooking. It's yummy. And now, more from and about you. It's time for the Listener's Corner. Take it away, my dear baby brother. The question you answered for this week is, who to you is the most beautiful woman in all of history? As noted, Alan Holder won this week's quiz by voting for his mother, who he noted was not only physically beautiful, but was a warm and generous person. Hans-Werner Lolliker agrees. He noted, beauty is something you have in your soul, not in your body. The most beautiful person I ever met is my late mother. She had a beautiful soul. We had quite a few queens as captors of the title. Empress Nur Jahan tops the list for Radhakrishna Pillai. He wrote, She is one of the names that adorn the Mughal Empire with the ornaments of bravery and beauty. Nur Jahan, or Light of the World, was the only woman ruler in the long dynasty of India's great Mughals. During her reign between 1611 and 1627, she effectively shaped the expanded Mughal Empire. Father Steve Wara voted for a woman also renowned for her beauty and her bravery. Queen Esther, whose story is told in the Old Testament Book of Esther. 
And there were two votes for Cleopatra. There were indeed, and Jayanta Chakrabarti is one of them. He wrote, to me, Cleopatra, the queen of Egypt, who ruled from 51 to 30 BC, is the most beautiful woman in history. She's described as a woman of surpassing beauty and also as quite influential in Roman politics. Cleopatra is often referred to as a glamorous seductress, the epitome of the romantic femme fatale. And Fatima Tujzara thinks so too. It seems she is quite informed on ancient Egyptian beauty tricks. This is what she wrote. I think Cleopatra is the most beautiful woman in history. From what I have heard about her, she was a wonderful and unique woman who lived a luxurious life. The crushed guts of beetles were used to make the lipstick used by women in Egypt at that time. Under their eyes, they applied dried crocodile excrement powder. So did Cleopatra. But as queen, she and she alone bathed in sour donkey milk. It is said her servants milked 700 donkeys every day. It was stored in a huge vessel until it soured. She believed the soured donkey milk removed wrinkles. As strange as it may sound, Cleopatra's donkey milk trick actually did protect her skin. Fermented lactose slowly turns into lactic acid, which sheds the superficial part of the skin. The result is a relatively soft, blemish-free new skin. Cleopatra was a beautiful, tasteful and opulent woman. She occupies a huge place in history. Okay, so to be an ass about it, sour donkey milk, okay? Mm-hmm. I would not imagine that would smell very good. She hopefully doused herself in perfume afterward, or, hey, maybe that was her secret politically. The Romans just said yes to her (laughs) so they could get out of the room and into some fresh air. (laughs) Moving on to women of our day who aren't using that particular idea. To Peter Chakrabarti's ideal of the most beautiful woman in all of history, is the Indian queen or Maharani Gayatri Devi of Jaipur. This is what Depita wrote. Maharani Gayatri Devi of 1940s fame is the most beautiful woman of all time. A celebrity for her classical beauty and intelligence, she appeared in Vogue magazine as one of the 10 most beautiful women in the world. Being the most fashionable, modern and independent Maharani ever, She supported women's empowerment and women's rights. A generous philanthropist, she opened schools for girls, realising that education is the first step of development. The Maharani also played a key role in ending the Purda in Jaipur. She ran for and won a seat in Parliament in 1962, winning by the largest landslide in India's history. For Mushida Jahan Joba, it's Britain's late Princess Diana, not just for her physical beauty, but for her good works. Here's what she wrote. Although she was a member of a royal family, she often met with the simple people in society. During the war in Bosnia, she met and helped needy people. Her humane mind was open to all. The world needs more people like her. 
Remember, everyone, this week's bonus question, suggested by Rafik bin Kondaka Litton from Naugan, Bangladesh, is Which season do you prefer and why? Do you have a bonus question idea? If so, send it to us at the Sound Kitchen, all one word, no spaces, at rfi.fr. That's it for today's Listener's Corner. Thanks, everyone, for participating. And a special thanks to Paul Myers for hanging out in the kitchen with us. Thanks, Susan. My big sister, a pleasure as always. You're listening to The Sound Kitchen on RFI. Okay, my friends, it's time to clear the table and wash the dishes. Thanks for joining me in the Sound Kitchen, and keep those cards, letters, emails, and text messages coming. Many, many thanks to Erwan Rome for his input and his mixing mastery. And thanks to you for listening. Be sure and tune in next week for a special edition of the Sound Kitchen, a This I Believe essay from W.M. Hunt. The Sound Kitchen podcast is ready for you every Saturday on the RFI English website, rfienglish.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Susan Owensby. Be well, do good work, be kind, and stay in touch. And stay safe, my friends, if you can. I'll play you out with music from Erwan, our sound engineer, who's also a musician. It's a tribute to a friend Erwan recently lost a musical friend, Olivier Dudu Congar. He was quite young, only 62. Here's what Erwan says about him. He was a good friend. He dedicated his entire life to music. In 1979, he spent a life-changing year in Peru. That year awakened in him his love of different musics and cultures to which he dedicated his life. In the early 80s, he began to study Cuban percussion instruments. He went to Cuba dozens of times, working and studying to perfect his art. Dudu belonged to the Yoruba sacred drums of Cuba. He was an homo alanya, which is a high honor for a Cuban, and especially so for a foreigner. It means he was accepted as an initiated musician and could play in the religious Santeria ceremonies. For 25 years, my friend Olivier Congar was the coordinator for a professional association that organized workshops in Havana for French musicians so they could work with Cuban master drummers. It wasn't just logistical work. Dudu prepared the French to live in an environment completely different from what, as pampered Westerners, they were accustomed to. I think it was really humanitarian work, working to form a bridge between different cultures. I think it deepened uh, Dudu's humanity and hopefully that of the French musicians he worked with, too. In his last years, he went back to university and studied sociology, ethnology, and anthropology and gave conferences on Cuba and its cultural heritage. You can hear his percussion playing and drumming on several recordings. He recorded with Ilu Yankori, Bernard Lavillier, Anna Karina and Philippe Catherine, Bois Cayman, and Mukta. I'd like you to hear Dudu in a piece by Mukta, which is a world jazz group that was influenced by Indian and African music. The group traveled the world from India to Canada, giving solo concerts as well as performing at prestigious jazz festivals. This piece is called Invisible Worlds. 
Rest in peace, Judy. We need a groove to move our bodies. A melody to elevate our spirits. Let's look for the universal sounds. Hear the cosmic symphony, the symphony of life, and we will imagine the invisible world. We need to listen to the sound of silence to reach the voice of our souls. See the dance of the heavens and planets. Hear the song of the celestial sphere. And we will catch a glimpse of the invisible world. Let the sounds emerge from our hearts. Myriads of colors, rhythms, and lights that bring unity and peace to the world. Listen to the secret spirit of music. Then we will open the doorway to the invisible world.
listen to the secret spirit of music. Then we will open the doorway to the invisible.